the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Pastor Scott Show, we are always open. Good to be with you. Here's a question for you. Can you hold people accountable, people in authority and accountable in a way that actually works that would build unity and make sure that we move on together? Is there a good answer for that? And the reason I'm asking is there are a lot of stories now and and testimony on Capitol Hill about how the COVID was handled and the shutdowns were handled. And in particular with schools, that's been a story this week. And the Congress is holding hearings and making conclusions that the teachers unions across the country worked with the CDC to develop certain scientific, supposedly scientific guidance, although it wasn't scientific at all, to work to keep schools closed. And what we have seen over the last couple of years is that school districts that remain closed longer, the kids who were a part of them suffered tremendously. And this is something we can't do again. But what I'm also seeing, and I think this is a typical thing with anything that's political, but I think it's also typical when it's just with us, is we tend to recategorize and reframe the past in ways to make us look better. And sometimes we go as far as to say, that just never happened, or I really didn't do that. But we live in a weird time today where everything's on the internet, where right now there you can say, I didn't say it, but somebody can Google it and you can find out. What I want to know is when you think about accountability, what what kinds of things actually work, whether it's your personal life or what is a good approach, maybe even biblically, with calling people to account for things that were done wrong, or whether it's sinful or just uh, mistakeful, and move forward in a way that we don't do this again. That's something we've got to do. We'll talk about that here as we move forward. You can join the conversation by calling me at 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Email is pastorscott at kkla.com. Congress, like I said, is holding hearings on this. Yesterday, Randy Weingarten was testifying. And uh, do you know who she is? She is the the head of the American Federation of Teachers, the largest uh, teachers union organization in the country. And you maybe have seen her on TV. She got very politically active in a lot of things, and a lot of videos of her went kind of viral as she got excited and yelling about different things. But there is some significant controversy about keeping schools closed. And what we've seen is that schools that opened, and some schools across the country, opened up as early as the fall of 2020. If you go back, remember that the uh, the COVID happened and the shutdowns happened in March, three years ago, in March of 2020. The interesting thing is by the summer of 2020, the Trump administration was, and the education department in the Trump administration, and many states 
we're getting ready to reopen schools in the fall. Most schools shut down across the country almost completely, uh, at least for a few weeks in the fall. Most schools completely for the rest of the fall, or I'm sorry, not the fall, the spring, springtime, March through June. But many schools open across the country. However, some schools who opened the, in, the, in 2020, in the fall of 2020, but many schools didn't even open until 2022, including right here in Southern California. And the kids have been hurt because of this. This has to be looked at. We can't just say oops. And we can't just take a look at why this happened and not hold anybody accountable or not say, how do we correct this? What do we do? Well, this is uh, Randy Weingarten's testimony, a part of it, um, just yesterday. Here's what she said. Uh, I'm sorry, Congressman Raskin. I'm just, we spent every day from February on trying to get schools open. We knew that remote education was not a substitute for opening schools, but we also knew that people had to be safe. And maybe it's because I live in New York City. I live near a hospital. Every other minute there was a ambulance. There was terror. Our members were terrified. Others were terrified. And what we were simply looking for was clear scientific guidance. And when we couldn't get it, we did it ourselves. And we worked with doctors and we worked with others. And we just tried to get it out there. Now, there's a lot of things that she says there that are very, very interesting. One of them is the idea that we were looking for clear scientific uh, consensus on this, but we just couldn't get it. And so then we did it ourselves. Now, the teachers' unions are not the scientists. They are not people who are making these determinations. Do you know what the scientific, the the CDC, Center for Disease Control, actually had to say in the fall of 2020? This is the the head of the CDC uh, in the fall of 2020. His name is uh, Dr. Robert Redfield, and he was the CDC um, head And this is the fall of 2020. Here's what he said relating to schools opening up. We should be making data-driven decisions when we talk about what we're doing for institutions or what we're doing for commercial closures. For example, as was mentioned, last spring CDC did not recommend school closures, nor um, nor did we recommend their closures today. I will say back in the spring there was limited data Today, there's extensive data that we have. We've gathered over the last two to three months to confirm that K through 12 schools can operate with face-to-face learning, and they can do it safely, and they can do it responsibly. That is the head of the CDC. When would you say that was? Like, I shouldn't have told you the date maybe beforehand, because I think maybe is we look at this in hindsight, we might have said, well, maybe that was 2021, right? That, okay, it's okay for schools to open, it's, it's, it's safe. No, that was in 2020. That is at the same time that the school, particularly the unions and schools, were saying it's dangerous to open schools. We're not getting clear scientific information about this. And this is where the controversy is brewing. And we can't forget this. And here's what I'm arguing here for us is on things like this, you know, there are sometimes things that people do wrong and you sort of acknowledge it and you you move away. But on the big things, particularly where people are hurt 
And let's not miss the fact that all studies today in 2023 says the kids were tremendously hurt, that it harmed their entire life because of the educational loss that they have. It's significant and especially significant for kids who are in lower income neighborhoods and lower income school. You know, the best way to get out of poverty is education, math, English, reading, those kinds of things, being good at those. All the data suggests that. And these kids were hurt the worst. And now what we're doing is what human beings do, is we're making excuses and we're trying to reframe the past. What we want to do is put what actually happened during the COVID into the memory hole and change the narrative so that we forgot. You know what the memory hole is? It's a great reference. It's from George Orwell's 1984. And the main character in that book, he was hired to go through uh, the history of things. And what was happening is that the Big Brother and the government organization that worked with Big Brother would change history. And they would change history to meet something that made them look better. So for example, if Big Brother, Big Brother is just the name of whoever the essentially the dictator is at the time. And there's rumors about, does Big Brother even exist? Is he a figurehead? Is he a real person? All that kind of stuff. It's a very interesting book with that. But if Big Brother gave a speech and said that the economy is going to grow at 5% next quarter, but then it turned out that the economy only grew at 1% next quarter, then what the main character, whose name is Winston in that book, his job was to take all of the newspapers and all of the data, everything that was available, and change the speech and change the quotes of the speech to say that Big Brother actually said that the economy would grow at 1%, not 5%. Even though he actually said 5%, and even though people actually heard him say 5%, and people who originally read the newspapers and heard it on uh, the radios at 5%. This book was written in 1949, okay, so not really internet-related, but uh, a big part of the book is telescreens, by the way. It was, it's very prophetic, that book. But his job was to take the newspapers that were written, rewrite them with the corrected data, and drop the old stuff into what was called the memory hole, which is a literal hole in the side of his desk that would go down to these incinerators that would just burn it. And the whole idea was to get rid of it. And then the government would communicate that the big brother got it right all the time. And even though people would scratch their head and go, I don't remember it that way, they would just look at you and so, nope, here it is in print. Here it is, and you just remember it wrong, and eventually people will just buy into it. Or most people wouldn't care because most people weren't paying attention. Can you imagine a society where people don't pay attention to politics and what's going on with their government? Uh, you're living in one. This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557 if you'd like to join the conversation, 888-528-2557. It is important as we look at this, particularly because of what was done and the decisions that were made and why they were made, that we don't repeat it and we don't just drop it in the memory hole and try to say it didn't really happen that way. Luckily today, you can change things that are digital. It's an interesting time, right? That it's You can't go back really and change the newspapers except that you're kind of getting to a place where maybe you can. We're not there yet, all right? But with the digital revolution and everything moving to digital and far less things in print, you could theoretically go back, say you work at the New York Times, and change the article, change what it says so that it doesn't say the same thing so that future generations would have a different idea of what was. It's a very scary, that's why it's Orwellian. It's a very scary look at the future. And it's amazing because in 1949, how are you even going to think that way? Well, he did. And you read that book today and you go, well, that sounds like us. That sounds like something that could happen today. This is the New York Times 
last year, one year ago, New York Times already, and this is the liberal New York Times, okay? This is this is not Fox News and this is not a, you know, conservative news organization at all. This is the the liberal New York Times discussing the disaster that learning has been and the setback of all the students, especially for lower income students in reading and math. And uh, this is what a New York Times article had to say. It said, we, were many of these problems avoidable? The evidence says that they were. Extended school closures appear to have done much more harm than good. And many school administrators probably could have recognized this as much by the fall of 2020. They're reporting that because that was the science. The science in the spring of 2020 is we don't know what this is and we're going to do these things as a precaution and we're going to shut down. That was the advice and the official science, the the CDC, Centers for Disease Control, that's what they said. But by the fall of 2020, the Centers for Disease Control said reopen the schools. Did you know that? In the summer, the Education Department, President Trump were saying reopen the schools. My kids went to school in the fall of 2020 in class every single day. Because with the help that we have from uh, a grandma scholarship and because we canceled cable and limited ourselves and a lot of things and scraping by, we paid for private school. We figured out how to do it. My wife was the director of admissions for their school at the time. And normally over the summer, she doesn't really work. You know, summertime at that school, if you're the director of admissions, by the time the summer comes, everybody is in, everybody's got everything they need to do to get involved there. And she worked one day a week, like half a day a week during the summer. That was typical. During the summer of 2020, my wife had to work every single day, full time, every single day during the summer. You know why? Because every parent, we lived in San Diego, every parent in San Diego was trying to get their kids into that school because the school districts were still going to be shut. Every parent understood and it didn't matter. It wasn't conservative parents or liberal parents or Republicans. It was every parent. Everybody knew this was a wrong decision. Everybody understood by now that, hey, you know what, COVID is real and there are lots of things we need to do and there's lots of things we still don't know. But actually by then we pretty much knew that a lot of the worst cases were happening with very old people or people with a lot of what we called comorbidities at the time. And people had had gathered this. People understood this. People had a lot of questions about masks. I don't I think there was a lot of, uh, you know, one way or the other uh, discussions about those kinds of things. Vaccines weren't even in the picture yet that whole conversation. But most people had found ways to go back to work. And in fact, most people had found ways to interact with each other. Most people had gone back to church. By then, a lot of churches were back open, whether they were doing so in accordance with whatever the regulations were. By then, people knew that different states were different. If you're here in California, I remember the first time I went to Arizona during those shutdowns. I was stunned at how much different it was in Yuma versus, say, El Centro, if you're passing over, or Blythe, if you're, if, you're go, if you're in Blythe, California, and then you cross over, and what's that town you get into on the 10 over there? Uh, I forget what it's called in Arizona, but completely different. You know, California, everything's locked down and everything's dark and dismal. This is June, I think, June of 2020. So only a couple of months into it. You get over to Arizona, and there was a sign in the place where I stopped to get gas. It said... Masks are not required, but we ask that you take account of and be respectful for other people, meaning that, you know what, if somebody around you wants to wear a mask, we'll put one on, but we're not going to make you do it. And I realized that throughout the whole state, that this was a different place just by crossing. And people by 
the fall of 2020 knew. Some states were, were open. Everybody was back to school. And in our state, you knew that the private schools were back. And if you had friends with kids in private school, well, they were going to school. And they were required to wear masks, and there was a lot of stupid things. But it was not complicated to open the schools. You, my wife, as the director of admissions, part of her job became every day, twice a day, she would wipe off the door handles and do certain things. Everybody was required to wear the mask. There were a few extra things, but they were they were actually very simple. It was not expensive, and it could be done. There was zero reason why you couldn't do that in the public schools. Everybody knew that. And yet they didn't open. And in California, they didn't open for a long time. It would be, what, two more years? A year and a half more, I guess, year and year and a quarter. At the end of the day, we might be able to look back at that as adults and kind of laugh at it. But it's not funny when you think about how badly the kids are hurt or how some kids who were privileged enough to go to a private school who got in, who could do it one way or the other, they are better off. They just are. And why? This is the thing. This is a statement I'll never forget from the New York Times. Same article last May says this. For the past two years, many communities in the United States have not really grappled with the trade-off. They have tried to minimize the spread of COVID, a worthy goal, absent of other factors. They have tried to minimize the spread of COVID rather than minimizing the damage that COVID does to society. They have, and this is the line, they have accepted more harm to children in exchange for less harm to adults. Let me read that again. New York Times, a year ago, they have accepted more harm to children in exchange for less harm to adults. That's the statement that really has jumped out at me in this this entire article. And really, I think it summarizes a lot of our attitude toward our kids with many of the other issues that we're dealing I think it's profound because we're dealing with that in so many issues today, 2023, accepting harm to children in exchange for the desires of adults, in exchange for adults beginning to feel better about ourselves. That's a crazy thing. I can't imagine, you know, I would not have said that America would become a country where the desires of adults would outweigh the the needs of kids, that we would rather harm our kids than feel bad about something, or that we would rather have a certain politic that goes through even if it harms our kids. And that's what a lot of people believe was happening with the unions. The unions donated huge amounts of money to $43 million to liberal groups and candidates during the 2020 election cycle. The many people believe, and I believe because of the the political nature of, of these unions, is that keeping the schools closed initially had a lot more to do with election interference and being able to criticize President Trump. And I'm not standing up for Trump on all kinds of things. We're just trying to be reasonable here with what happened because we can't let the politics determine how we educate our kids. The Congress, what they are finding when you read them, now this is partisan, it's the Republican Congress, okay, this is what the partisan Republican Congress is saying, but I think that they have reason to say it. The investigation is revealing that President Biden's CDC bypassed scientific norms to allow teachers unions to rewrite official guidance. See, in February of 2021, the official guidance changed, and suddenly it became very difficult to open schools. Suddenly, mask rules for preschoolers and younger kids that were removed in 2020, because the science said you don't need a mask if you're five years old. 
and you shouldn't have a mask if you're younger than that. Suddenly the mask came back on. I ran a preschool at our church and we were just, we were surprised in the in the spring of 2021 to discover that suddenly masks are required when they had stopped being required before. And we looked to see what the science is and the science the CDC website said the masks were better, but the WHO, UNICEF, the UN's children's organization, everywhere else in the world said, no, not only should kids uh, not be wearing masks, that in many cases is bad for them. And that's what the American science said in the spring of, in the fall of 2020, and it changed in 2021. And why is that? According to the Congress, it's because the teachers unions wrote the scientific guidance for the CDC. That's the accusation that senior agency officials shared draft copy of the school reopening guidance with the American Federation of Teachers. And after reviewing the draft, the American Federation of Teachers asked CDC Director Rochelle Walensky, the new CDC director who's still in there, to install a trigger in the guidance that would cause schools to close automatically if COVID-19 positivity rates reached certain thresholds. And the CDC obliged. See, what happened is the CDC published almost word for word um, what, uh, almost word for word, what the teachers union said should be the guidance. And that's not scientific, right? That's not something that should have been done. See, and, and the result of that too, is that we have a lot of questions about trust now, now trusting unions of any kind and trusting political organizations, Republicans and Democrats, you know, it's, uh, you're going to have those questions all the time, but we shouldn't have to mistrust the centers for disease control. There shouldn't be political interference in that. And now we know, and we've known this actually for a while, that there is. And we may have different opinions on how serious it is, but why should we trust the guidance coming from that organization when we know it changes based on political operations? That's what's being investigated. This cannot be lost. This cannot be put in the memory hole. This can't be something that is, oh gosh, you know, we we could have done better, oh well. We have to look into the whys. We have to look into why this happened, especially because of the kids. And maybe the bigger picture here is that line from the New York Times, that line that said, we have decided, accepted more harm to children in exchange for less harm to adults. My friends, that is, that's profound. That's, that's Old Testament kind of wickedness right there, putting your kids through the fire, right? That's why today we're pushing sexual issues on kids. Why are we doing that? The kids aren't asking for it. The five-year-olds aren't asking for it. Does anybody really think that that's right? No, but you know what? I think it makes us feel better. It drives a political ideology and and, uh, uh, agenda. And maybe we're doing it or maybe we're accepting it. Maybe we're not speaking out as much as we should be because of our own porn addictions, because of our own hurts, because it just doesn't make us feel good to say maybe we, we should have done better. There's accountability across the board that needs to be, that people need to be held to. This is something we've got to do. I got to take a break. I see your call up there, Randy. I'll get to you as soon as we come back. This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. I'll be back as the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. We also knew that people had to be safe. And maybe it's because I live in New York City. I live near a hospital. 
Every other minute there was a ambulance. There was terror. Our members were terrified. Others were terrified. And what we were simply looking for was clear scientific guidance. And when we couldn't get it, we did it ourselves. And we worked with doctors and we worked with others. And we just tried to get it out there. That was Randy Weingarten giving an explanation to why uh, unions didn't open schools. And the thing is, is here, one of the things she says is she talks about the fear and the fear of death. And there was a lot of that. I think if you lived in New York initially... Remember, there were all these deaths in New York at the outset. If you remember during this time, I remember seeing the, you know, the backhoes digging graves on Long Island or something. And it's ultimately it was because the governor decided at the time, decided to uh, take the elderly COVID patients and stick them with healthy COVID patients. And they all got COVID. It was a ridiculous decision uh, and a whole nother story. So it was bad there. But we never saw that here. I remember thinking we were going to see that here. I was in a meeting with county people saying we need to be prepared. As a pastor of a church, you need to be prepared that your old people are going to die and and the parents of the young people are going to die. And we were making some initially for a few weeks, making decisions about, well, how are we going to care for people and how are we going to do it? So I can understand the initial fear. But by the summer, The scientific information she says she wanted was there, and it was saying open the schools, public schools in across the country that are not governed by the unions or where there's not a large union influence. They opened, and the suggestion is that the teachers were all going to quit. The teachers were just not going to come back. I don't buy that. I think that's true of some, some teachers, but I don't think that's true of all teachers because in private schools and in areas where the public schools, the teachers uh, were not – heavily into the unions. They all came back. They didn't quit. I, it's hard for me to believe that. I think it's something else. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. Randy in Huntington Beach. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. How you doing, Pastor Scott? I'm good, Randy. How are you? Good, good. Got to be careful who picks up my name, huh? Randy, whatever her name was, Weingarten. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, she ends hers with an I. Yours is probably ending with a, a Y. Yeah. Would that be right? Yeah. All right. Good, yeah. The, the pronouncing, from, pronouncement is the same. Anyway, been a long-time listener dating back to the, to the Duffy and Company show. Went, went through the, the, the two Franks. Yeah. Um, knew one of them personally. Played baseball with him. Mm. Um, and uh, finally, wind up with, with with you, and congratulations. Well, thank you. Uh, um, but uh, I, and I may have misunderstood. I, I tuned in at three hundred one. I've listened to to to, this, to some part of the show for those, those personalities, you know, Fitzgerald yeah. and Duffy. Sure. Um, and I tuned in at three hundred one today. Okay. And I, I think I just heard you say that you are. Uh, somewhat uh, dumbfounded at the uh, the idea of sacrificing the children for the benefit of the adults? Is that the gist of, of what you said? Well, what I was doing was quoting an article that was in the New York Times a year ago. Now, I said it was a profound statement in the New York Times, particularly coming from the New York Times in an op-ed that said that we have become a, with respect to COVID policy in the schools is what the article is talking about. It said, uh, let me find it here. It said this, 
It said that we have accepted more harm to children in exchange for less harm to adults. And it basically goes on to say that that's ultimately what happened in the whole COVID shutdowns for schools is that we became more worried about ourselves and our own personal fears rather than being concerned about the kids. And I think that's a profound statement coming from particularly the New York Times. I think that a lot of us knew that at the time. So I'm not dumbfounded by it. I am. uh, I think it's accurate is what I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then I got it wrong because. I was saying, if you were, if you were dumbfounded by that, I'm saying, what is abortion? You right. Know, it's the same. <laughs> you know, right. Million kids, and that was I, I quit counting about ten years ago. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, I then I agree with you 100. percent Yeah, and um, and that's a good point. It's the same uh, thing, right? Why should we think yeah. that we're going to be protecting kids when we begin there with abortions? Yeah, and, and we're. we're I, well, what was Sandy Hook? Uh, probably a, a decade ago, they they lined up first graders and shot them in in, in cold blood, which know. was horrifying. Uh, and yeah, and yeah. and we're not over that. But what really have we? What kind of uh, you know? What kind of conversation have we had none, even to deal with that none, zero? Essentially, essentially none for accountability. I agree with you again, one hundred percent. on accountability, somebody needs to be held accountable. Um, and heads maybe don't literally need to roll, but figuratively, heads need to roll, and they need to start at least 20 years ago, okay? Yeah. The, the stuff that's been happening, and and nobody has lost a job, even a job yeah. over it. I think that so, is uh, that is a great point, and, and it goes to, I think, why we continue to lose trust in our organizations, right? I mean, there's a million reasons, but if no one's even losing their job, if no one did this terrible a job and no one loses their job. Pastor Scott, and this is just my final thought. I'll leave. I hope somebody else, some other callers call in. But when you say trust, okay? Yeah. I'm going to be 70 years old April 30th. Okay. Oh, congratulations. Happy birthday. You're Thank you. You thank could you, you could run for president and be deeply. you should run for president. You'd be the young guy. Uh yeah. Yeah. But my point is, you know, I joined the Meat Cutters Union at age 20 right here in Los Angeles. Hmm. Okay? And I I joined as an apprentice and they put journeymen in charge of apprentices, okay? And the journeyman that was in charge of me he after he accepted that I was 20 years old, and there was a big brouhaha behind that. Everybody in the back room was was at least 35 years old. Uh-huh. Okay, they looked at me as a new kid on the block coming in and steal somebody's job. But after they ex- uh, accepted that I was uh, 20 years old, and I had to, they carded me. They actually said, "Let me see your driver's license." Okay, and this was. Um, 1973. I was born in 53. Okay. So after they accepted that I was 20 years old, <laughs> and remember, this is a trust thing. Okay. Right. A trust thing. Okay. Um, the journeyman said to me, and I quote him, he said, do you realize what you have setting before you? You can work 20 years in the meat cutters union, retire. You won't be able to retire to, to draw a retirement, a pension at that time. Okay, because you only be 40 years old, but you could go and become a pipe fitter or electrician, work another 20 years. Okay, retire, you'll be 60, 
okay? Uh-huh. Still won't be able to, to draw a retirement because uh, you got to be 65 to draw, draw a retirement. But five years later, you could dr- draw both pensions and have social security. You'd have it made in the shade drinking lemonade. Now, is that what now, happened for here's, you? Here's what, it, here's, what it, here's what the trust issue comes in at, okay? At that time, I told him his name was, was Hoyt Porter, okay, uh, at ABC Market down on 53rd and Main Street, okay? We call him Bud. I said, Bud, you know what? You, you got to be joking me, okay? Uh-huh. Social Security? I, 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 I called it at that time. This was 1973. Okay. I said, that's Social Insecurity. Okay. Yeah. Y'all call it security. I call it insecurity. All right. Okay. So let me bring it to the point. I, I so what happened it. ultimately, uh, Randy? I, I, I didn't trust it back then. So on the on the on the trust thing, we've been losing trust for a long, long time. Is my point? Yeah, a okay? long time, and it's because we don't do anything. Like the social yeah. security question is huge. I when I counsel young people or getting married, you know, I tell them do not count on the idea that you're going to okay. have social security. Yeah. Like, yeah, you, you'll no. probably have something, but you might have to live to be 95 to get it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. And that's because we're not doing anything. But the reason I say that is because of math. The, you know, the reason you were probably saying that in 1973 is because of math. Hey, uh, and you and could math, do, and you could you do the math. math. Mathematics? Yeah. Mathematics? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's a Ponzi scheme. If you, are, if, yeah. if you or I had done it. We'd be sitting yeah. in, in Leavenworth right alongside uh, Todd Fonzie. <laughs> we would. Okay. Randy, thanks for calling and for listening to the Pastor Scott Show. Appreciate it very much and for being such a longtime listener here on uh, KKLA in Los Angeles. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You know, the ultimate point that I'm making here is that accountability matters. Without it, you don't have the trust. No one's fired at the CDC. Everybody's still. In fact, no one's really apologizing. That's that's something else I think that would be interesting. It would be interesting if if Randy Weingarten, head of the uh, American Federation of Teachers, would have gone to the Congress and said, "Hey, you know what? We screwed up. We were afraid. We had political things going on." I'm looking at a tweet. This is from the Chicago Teachers Union, um, and it's from uh, December sixth of two thousand twenty. It says the push to reopen schools is rooted in sexism, racism, and misogyny. I don't even understand what that means. Private schools opened and public schools opened across the country in other states and in rural areas of the same state. I think things would be very different even for Randy Weingarten if she would just say, hey, you know what? Yeah, we need to acknowledge that we didn't handle this right. We didn't listen we were afraid. We had other things going on. And what do we do to fix it? I feel like, you know, that's something humility and being able to apologize to take accountability. Whatever your thoughts are, sometimes, you know, we think, oh, I didn't really do it. But sometimes you just have to take responsibility because you're the head of the teachers union. Sometimes you have to take responsibility because you're the person who's in charge. It matters. It changes things. And it changes things in every level of life, even in your household. If you're a husband or the wife, when you are responsible for what happened and you don't say, uh, you know, uh, try to blame the other person and escalate it or reframe the past, it changes things. And the reason we're not trusting our government, the reason we don't trust institutions, a lot of it has to do with the fact that we're not taking accountability. And like Randy says, no one's been fired. 
Somebody has to lose their job. I got to take a break. I see your phone calls, Art and others. I'll get to you when we come back. This is the Pastor Scott Show. Number is 888-528-2557. I'll be back as the Thursday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. talking about accountability, accountability for lessons learned in the COVID and really other things and, and even accountability in general. Romans fourteen twelve. each of us will give an account of himself to God. You know, there's, each of us are going to have accountability. All of us, in one way or another, we're going to stand in front of uh, the Lord. And people have some different ideas theologically of where that happens and how that kind of comes about. But at some point, we give an account of our life. We can't escape it, right? It's, we can't memory hole everything in our life that we just want to change. And, the, you know, and part of that is because it's the justice of God that everything is going to be dealt with. Now, the, the penalties for the things that you're going to stand in front of the Lord for and deal with uh, were taken care of on the cross. Somebody paid the fine. You know, we talked earlier that, hey, no one's losing their job over anything. And that's a, that's a normal sense of things because it seems like if there's accountability, you know, someone should lose their jobs. If the wages of sin is death, you know, there's got to be some kind of penalty. Well, that's why Christ took it upon himself. He paid your penalty. He's the only one who could afford it. And when you give an account of yourself to God, however that happens, if you know Jesus, if you're saved, if you believe that Jesus died for your sins, part of that account is going to include that. Your account is paid off. And it's a wonderful thing. 888-528-2557. Art in Santa Ana. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Everybody else? Hi, Art. Hi, go ahead, Art. Hey. Hey, thank you, uh, uh, Scott, Pastor Scott, for the topic for the show. Let me ask you, so do you sense, I mean, in a certain way, this is setting the stage for, you know, you can do anything and nothing's going to be done, and that's just the way it is. Do you, do, do you kind of think that, you know, uh, uh, you know, as the Bible talks about a big deception, it's, it's come to those that are already being deceived, but do you sense that this is setting the stage for that? Because it's almost like... <clears throat> You know, no one is being held accountable for all kinds of uh, actions at different right. levels and departments and governments and world orders and whatnot. So, I mean, what do you, what is your thought on that? Do you sense we're entering into that do not be deceived stage? Uh, yeah, you know, we're definitely in the do not be deceived stage, right? I mean, that's that's always there. And, you know, deception, the thing about being deceived that's complicated is that when a person is deceived, they don't know they're deceived. They don't even believe they're deceived. That's why they're deceived, right? That's the nature of it. Um, And I think that we are in an era where it's more important to be right. It's more important to win the argument than it is to be correct. It's more important to defeat the ideology that I don't agree with rather than change my ideology to match up with the truth. Uh, There's a lot going on, I think, in our culture right now that is, you know, presumably about things like, you know, equality and um, and treating people well, that the actual result is, is that people are not being treated well and they're getting stomped on. That's, I think, what happened through the COVID is that the 
and what's the charges for the the teachers unions and what we've been talking about is that they'll say we're doing this for the kids. But when you listen to the arguments, it sounds like they were doing it because they had political motives or because they were afraid for themselves. And even the New York Times picked up on it when it said, you know, we seem to be exchanging uh, our own safety even for things that harm the kids. So, you know, I think for believers, we should not be surprised that we are living in an era where people are justifying anything they want to do. Uh, and that is typically the end of empires. That's typically the end of civilizations. And we've seen it over and over again through world history. You know, a civilization collapses and another one gets built. Um, but what we're seeing is very, very serious. And, you know, in fact, uh, we may talk about it next hour a little bit, but the there are serious things going on in the world. We're, we have serious people having conversations about the possibility of World War III. The the head of the uh, FBI today said that our our challenges with China are far worse than our challenges ever were with the Soviet Union. And that's an extraordinary thing to say. And we I think we're getting there because we're not we aren't holding each other accountable and things are just going to continue to get worse. Uh, understood. So, understood. I, it, yeah, I appreciate your insight. And, not, and, you know, one of the things I, I heard you mentioned was the absence of truth, because without it, I mean, what do you base decisions, your life, and uh, what do you base it on? Yeah, see, and that's, uh, that is, if there is no truth, and that is the philosophical place, you know, we have rejected you know, enlightenment ideas, and we've rejected philosophically as a people things that have kept societies going forever. We're rejecting the family, for example, mother and father and kids. We're rejecting the notion of genders. We're rejecting the notion of, uh, you know, even with the homeless crisis, we are rejecting the notion of recovery, right? We're rejecting the notion of sobriety. We are, we're rejecting things that, that work, and we're doing it so that we feel better, and that's bad. And isn't that the same old tactic that's been used? I mean, nothing new under the sun, right? Did God really say? It's exactly that. And what it really is, Art, is we are rejecting Genesis 1 through 3. If if you get down to it, it's Genesis 1 through 3 where God creates, he establishes order, he establishes male and female, he establishes, you know, animals from human beings, he establishes the light and dark and land and sea and, you know, boundaries and borders that just exist that have not changed. But if you deny Genesis 1 through 3, then you're denying that there is a God who is the creator, which means if you even believe in God, the God doesn't have any authority. You're denying the fall of man. You're de- de- denying the that mankind is made in the image of God. And if you deny that, then why do you care about the kids at the end of the day? You know, If we don't have any of that, then it's all survival of the fittest. If we don't have any of that, then the only virtue is to take care of yourself. And that's that's where we're at. And it will lead to destruction because it's not reality. It is... Pastor Scott, yeah. yep, definitely. Yeah. Uh, appreciate yeah. your... Uh, appreciate the topic and appreciate your uh, your statement on uh, that. I, I I agree. And, and uh, I I, uh, I am in the same mindset that uh, without truth, you, you know, Genesis 1 through 3, I mean, what, what do you have that's... That, yeah, you don't have you don't have a foundation for anything, and that's why things are falling apart. Thank you for calling, Art. I appreciate you calling the Pastor Scott Show. You know, and that's the thing. People are asking. Yesterday we talked about 
the poll that said most of 72% of Americans think that the country is out of control. A lot different than wrong track. Out of control means anything can happen, right? It's just a runaway train. And, you know, when you look at the, the debt conversation, for example, that we have, you know, I'm glad that Congress is trying to, you know, present a deal that would limit the debt increase to 1% a year. Uh, that's great. But it's 20 years too late. It We are so far behind. It is out of control. Have you ever been in a personal debt? I have personal debt. It just it starts to, you know, you can manage it for a while, but eventually gets out of control. Eventually you have medical expenses or a car expense or something that you didn't expect that you can't afford because of your debt. And then you just get into worse debt and then something else happens and you can't afford it and you get into worse debt. That's out of control. You're no longer managing anything. And that's kind of where we're at. And the reason we're there is because we're denying the the spiritual realities um, and even the the physical realities of the universe by a creator. And it can't you can't win. You won't. So as as believers, you know the 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 biggest thing I think for us in the church, if you're a believer, is to to turn around and make sure that in our congregations, we are holding each other accountable, right? Not in some uh, legalistic and horrific way. Sometimes churches do it in the wrong way, right? But something like James 5.16 that says, Therefore confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Uh, the prayer of a righteous person has great power and it's working. You know, that, that passage on, on prayer and, and healing, it's talking about getting you back into a place where you are doing the work of the kingdom of God. It is talking about confessing your sins, not simply for your own benefit, although it is, but also so that you can be used by God in a more powerful way in the society. You know, that's one of the things that the church has to deal with as far as accountability. You know, the culture is looking at the church and seeing scandals and seeing some pretty bad stuff going on. And if the and if the world says, yeah, the church isn't any better than the rest of us, uh, then we're in bad shape. So as much as we look at what's happening in our country and we look at schools and we look at other things, and we should, we have to, we're not going to be effective if we also don't hold ourselves accountable before God. We're just not. And that's something for Christians to deal with. It is a very, very important thing. All right, you're listening to the Pastor Scott Show. If you want a podcast, you can go and get our podcast anywhere you get your podcast, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can also get the podcast on the KKLA app. Go to kkla.com or go to your app store, get those apps, and you can get the podcast. We're on every day from 3 to 5, and I want to invite you to the, if you're a pastor and you're listening, Pastor's uh, Appreciation Breakfast is coming up on May 10th. It's at Porter uh uh, at Shepherd Church in Porter Ranch in the San Fernando Valley. Go to kkla.com, click on the Pastor's Appreciation Breakfast to get information and RSVP today. If you've been thinking about it, we need you to RSVP so we know how many breakfasts to get. It's totally free. I want to invite you to be there. I'll be there, and uh, we're going to have a good time. All right, we'll be back with Hour 2 of the Pastor Scott Show as the Thursday edition continues. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.